Welcome to the Gospel Road. We're going to look at 2 Samuel 7. It says, Now, when King David lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go do do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But the same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I not speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people. And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the, the name of the great ones of the earth. And I, have, and I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. All I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When, you, when your days are, are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise you up. I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father. And he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men. And with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him. And I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever in accordance with all these words and in accordance with all this vision. Nathan spoke to David. Then King David went in, sat down before the Lord and said, Who am I, O God? And what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And yet, this, is a, this was a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God. You have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come. And this is instruction for mankind, O Lord God. And what more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O God, because of your promise And according to your own heart, you have brought all this greatness 
to make your servant know it. Therefore, you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, and there is no God beside you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth whom God went to redeem to be his people, making himself a name and doing for them great and awesome things by driving out before your people whom you redeemed for yourself from Egypt, a a nation and its gods, and you established for yourself your people Israel to be your people forever. And and you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord God, confirm forever the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning, concerning his house. And do as you have spoken, And your name will be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel. And the house of your servant David will be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have made this revelation to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. And now... O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may I please you to bless this house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord, have spoken, and with your blessing, shall the house of your servant be blessed forever. 2 Samuel chapter 7. God's having a conversation with David. Started with Nathan and then with David. Of of the things that David has done and then what God has done for him. And then now protecting him from his enemies, keeping him away from his enemies. And then God is wanting something in return. Now, the Psalm about the Ark, which it had been going through and traveling from tent to tent, and he was now wanting it to be in a more permanent place, not just in a tent. You know, verse 22, it says, Therefore you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, and there is none, no God beside you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. That friendship, that relationship that we have with God, there, there, there is no one like him. We are in a world of relationship-seeking. People have a void that they're trying to fill. So at this point, it's kind of like the Israelites roaming. You know, that the, the ark going from tent to tent. 
going from place to place, you know, nomads. Or many in relationships are like that. They're nomads. They're just roaming from place to place. They're not focusing on the things that they actually need. What they're actually missing. What they're actually needing. You know, through the story of David, we see where he is troubled, where he is depressed because he's always being chased. You know, all of his enemies are coming after him. You know, we're always hearing how we're wanting happiness. That's our pursuit. The pursuit of happiness in our job, at home. But have we figured out how to officially achieve that happiness? I was at an event this week and one of the things they were talking about was depression. So over the years, we're always wanting to do all this stuff. You know, we need more money. We need more relationships. We, you know, all the, the, the list of things that we need to have a better life. And, you know, we're, we have now higher paying jobs, better houses, you know, pe- people are, are living in them. People, more people own a home. But we're still not happy. You know, you're trying to take something to, to really fill in that hole. It's almost like you feel like when you're at work because you have the, the boss coming after you to, to do more, 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 more. I, I, I know this, especially being in in watching radio sales, at least. And radio sales isn't the only one. There's many other sales places that have the same thing. But it was always the push for another sale, the push for more money. You could have brought in $100,000 that month. And it wasn't good enough. You needed to do more. So you know what? If that was what you made this month, then next month you need to do 110000 We're just going to up your goal. You know, it's that greed, that want, that yearning. I got to, I got to, got to, got to, I got to have this. I mean, do you deal with a manager like that? Are you, are you like that? I could honestly say for me, at, at a point, I probably felt that I was like that. I probably looked like I was like that, but for me, no, I had obligations that I needed to pay. And if I did not pay them, I'd be in trouble. I'd be in a world of hurt. You know, having that dark cloud just hover over you, which I had for for many years, that, that financial cloud just beating me over the head which caused me to work more to do what I could to, to try and keep that taken care of you know looking for jobs and not even being able to find it so then having to figure out ways to, to take care of that so I could live We're, we're dealing with the world 
of greed, a world of depression. And you can verify this, but according to statistics, numbers, research, that depression has has gone up 20%. You know, they say anything that is a problem at 10% is a pandemic. Well, so we just come off of a pandemic, but then we have a pandemic of depression that's not even being discussed. I mean, we have the, the mental awareness months and things like that, but they're not looking at what that is, what, why? So you're dealing with, you know, coworkers and friends and family and they're, they're just, whoa, is me. I, I can't deal with this. I'm overwhelmed. And I'll be honest. I am the first one to step out there and go, that is me. I am overwhelmed at work. I'm overwhelmed at home. Many times I have no clue what I'm doing. You know, David in Psalms 7, he's getting a break. He's in his house of cedar. God has given him that break because he's protecting him from all the enemies. When are you taking your break? When are you working on you? Because if you are not working on you to help you be healthy and better, you're not going to be better for anyone else. You're not going to be there for anyone else. You know, we have to work on ourselves physically, mentally, and spiritually to make sure that we're healthy all through so we can be that better person for those that we help, that we are there for at work, at home. But are you doing that? I was having a conversation this weekend and talking about the, the depression thing and how things have gotten better, but have they? Because our time constraints are still very there. It feels like it's the, the Tennessee Ernie Ford song. I owe my soul to the company store. You know, 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Because you owe your soul to the company store. No matter what you do, that debt just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. So now you're buried financially. So the thing is, we might be doing more, getting more, but then we're not being responsible with that. So we're paying more. Yeah, prices have gone up too. I'll admit that. But then at the same time, we're not taking care of our emotions. We keep saying yes when maybe sometimes we should say no or a conversation I had this weekend, maybe it should be a yes if. Yes, I can do that if. You know, this needs to come off my plate. This needs to be changed a little bit. I need help. I can add this if I get help over here. Because sometimes you're not able to say no. But there's ways to do that. You know, we, we have to take care of ourselves emotionally because we are drained physically, mentally, every day from everything that we do. And if you're not figuring out a way to recharge yourself, to help yourself do better, 
you're just going to keep falling. You're going to keep roaming. You're going to be in that tent going from place to place because you do not have a home. You know, God wanted a place for his ark, not just sitting in a tent. Working that relationship that, David, you've done this for me, or I've done this for you, now you need to do this for me. And how many times when it comes to relationships, and we're not just talking personal or professional, it's both here. When you're having that conversation of, look, this is what we've done for you, what can you do to help us out? You know, It's just the conversation, opening that door of, okay, I know this is what you are getting, this is what you need, but... I kind of need this, so can we have a little give and take? Can you help me out here? I've helped you over here, so can you help me here? We've been to marriages, and we've heard the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love never boasts. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Because it is. It's, it's to love one another. And it's to love one another unconditionally and not putting labels on that love, we'll say. Limits on that love. I will love you if. I will continue to love you if. You know, it says, love never fails. Until it fails. See, we're to take care of one another and to to encourage, to build up, to help each other be the best that they can be. And how many times friendship, relationship, work, they're there until something fails and then they turn and run. Oh, it's too much work. I don't want to deal with that. I don't I don't want to do the extra work. I can't. I know I've I've been there. Both sides, more on the other. I've tried sometimes, and there's been times, I will be honest, I have tried, 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 tried until it almost killed me. Not physically, but it did a toil on me mentally, emotionally. And no matter what I tried, it was not going to happen. It was not going to work. We are dealing with the lack of trust because someone's not able to do that. It's like you're not able to trust them to, hey, we can have this conversation. Maybe things will be different and maybe things will be better. But we're afraid to have the conversation because we're afraid what's going to come out of that. Because maybe through that conversation, they're just going to be like, yeah, well, no thanks. You know what? You're not the person for this job. You're out. No, you're not the person for me. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somebody else. Oh, I found somebody else. So, you know, this, this, this is going to be better. You know, we always hear the thing, the grass is always greener on the other side. You hear that a lot when it comes to marriages and the divorce rate. You even hear that a lot when it comes to businesses, a job. You're like, ooh, the grass is greener over here. 
you jump and run, you get there and go, oh, this is certainly not what I was expecting when I came to this job, to this department. Oh, absolutely not as good as what I thought. But it was more money. Yeah, more money. But then maybe not as flexible. Maybe you have a cruel boss, cruel manager, lazy manager, supervisor, not doing their job, which then leaves the department just running amok because they're not doing what they should be doing, holding order, controlling the chaos, because we're in chaos. We're in a chaotic world. Our lives, my life is chaos. I was actually writing a book. I've not finished it. Not really gotten any farther with it, but I had a title. Controlled Chaos. Because that is what I have felt my entire life. It was kind of going to be a, a, you know, a biography you know, about things that I've went through and kind of had it done, let a few people write it, and of course they all bashed it, and my self-esteem is worthless, so eh, it's just sitting on a flash drive somewhere. I didn't do anything with it. But that's it. We, we are in this controlled chaos. And it's finding a way to cope with it, to deal with it, to, to be happy. But the right way to be happy. You know, encouraging and helping and loving one another as we're supposed to. And we will go spiritual for a second, loving God. In, in this meeting that I was at this week, and I can't remember the book that he was talking about, but it was written by, and if I remember this correctly, and I could be wrong because I don't always get everything right, but it was written by an atheist. And in this, the atheist says that if we're going to be happy, we need to have a relationship, a spiritual relationship. I mean, it didn't mention God, but we had to have a spiritual relationship. You've got to be dealing with your soul. You have to have a relationship with the creator. I am not God. Bottom line. I do not want to be God. Boulder bottom line. Because, oh my, I am beating my head against a wall right now and I could not even comprehend what it would be like to deal with what he has to deal with us, me. We need to be grateful. We need to show our gratitude to those that are doing well that need to be lifted up. We we have a covenant with one another to help them. You know, it's when when you agree to be a friend with somebody, there's no written documentation with this. There's you're not signing a contract. You're not walking in front of God and saying, "Do you Take, do you take, you know, you're, you're now friends. We're not talking this, but there's kind of like that underwritten 
contract of how we should be there because the Bible tells us to to really be there for one another, to to help one another, to encourage, lift up. And that is what we need to do. We have this contract to say, you know, I'm your coworker. I want to make sure you're being the best that you can be, doing the best job that you can do. Because I'm concerned, I'm worried about you, and I want you to do the best that you can be. Because let's be honest, if you're being the best that you can be, you're being the best that you can be for the company. Same thing with your family. Mom, dad, kids, be the best. Because you're being the best that you can be for your family. You can be the best you can be for your friend when your friend is needing help and struggling. You can be there and say, you know what? I got you. You know, like God has us. We have them. Being grateful for the relationships that you have because how they do help you. Being aware of what's happening around. I mean, this could go on and on forever. It really could. But the bottom line is we have to do better. Again, as I say it all the time, it's being better today than I was yesterday, being better tomorrow than I am today. It's always that strive to do better, to be better. But then it's also sharing that love for one another. And this is Easter Sunday. So we're talking the the resurrection of Christ from the tomb after dying on Friday, being crucified on the cross on Good Friday. Dead for three days, gone for three days until he was resurrected. And went to heaven to sit on the right hand of God. He died for us because he loved us that much. Now, the question is, how much do you love someone? Would you die for them? Someone you do not even know. Would you die for them? Walking down the street, would you die for them? At work, your coworker. You don't like them very much. Would you die for them? You all hear thing. We always hear, you know, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. You know, I know in the last couple, this was talking. You know, like it, you know, being showing kindness to an enemy, it's like burning hot coals over their head. Would you die? 
for someone? That's a heavy question. But see, that's that unconditional love. That's the care for us to have to help people be the best that they can be. 2 Samuel 7, that's what we looked at today. Again, read it. How does it help you? What does it help you grow to to be that better manager, to be that better father, mother, sister, aunt, brother, friend, CEO? How does it make you be that better person for everyone around you? That stronger person for everyone around you. 2 Samuel 7. Read that today. If you enjoyed this, you can share it with others on social media. You can always find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, my buddy Jimmy, even on TikTok. You can see my word of the days that I share every day, most every day. And other podcasts that I have, you find them there as well and on my website at mybuddyjimmy.com which I'm hoping to get a couple more of those, a couple more stories posted today on that. But I'm grateful for those that listen to this. I really am. And I really hope that as it helps me, because I'll be honest, this is when I started doing this. This is almost like an audio journal that I started Many years ago, 14 years ago, I believe. So around 2008, when I started the Gospel Road. But it was me sharing my heart. Me opening my heart. Things that bothered me. Things that I probably were dealing with, that I deal with. As I say, you know, it's wearing your heart on your sleeve, and I am bad at that. I've had an interesting week. Dealing with trust, which that's nothing new. We've had this discussion for over the years of doing this, of how it's been broken so many times. I'm not going to lie. I'm sure I've done the exact same thing. I've failed. But somebody said something to me, and they said, because even when they bre- someone breaks my trust, I still am there to encourage them and to help them. Because... I want them to be happy. I want them to to be the best version of themselves that they can be. So a friend of mine said that, you know, you can be gruff. You are rough around the edges, which is true, been said many times. But also, you have your sweet. (laughs) You're kind. You have a big heart. I try to remember that because I don't always. So remember your character. 
how you are treating others, what you're showing them, what they see that is coming out of you that can really motivate them, inspire them, encourage them to lift them up. Are you tearing them down or are you picking them up when they fall? That's very important. Second Samuel 7. Thank you for listening to The Gospel Road. Have a great day. God bless. Spinal adjustments provided by Dr. Chad Rolfson. The Spinal Tuning Chiropractic Center is a Des Moines area low flat fee per month unlimited chiropractic care practice. When life happens, just adjust. Schedule today at SpinalTuning.com. If you're looking for help with software, app, web development, be sure to check out my friends at IngenuityCompany.com. They believe in their clients. Software development, app development, web development, visioning, design thinking, diagramming, organizational development, strategy, they can help you at the Ingenuity Company. Find out more at IngenuityCompany.com. Barbecue provided by Kenny's Rib Wagon. Catering ribs for your pleasure and serving daily at Plaza Pub, 62nd and Douglas in Des Moines, across from Merle Hay Mall. Find Kenny's Rib Wagon on Facebook. The Jimmy Olsen Radio Network.